Good morning and welcome to the house of the Lord. Today as we gather around word and sacrament, we celebrate the great grace of God. The grace that not only extends to us an invitation to come to his feast, but the grace that comes in knowing that he has provided wedding clothes for us, wrapping us in the robe of the righteousness of our Savior Jesus. Today's gospel reading is also our sermon text this morning, Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Jesus spoke to them again in parables. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent out his servants to summon those who were invited to the wedding banquet, but they did not want to come. Then he sent out other servants and said, Tell those who are invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fattened cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But those who were invited paid no attention and went off, one to his own farm, another to his business. The rest seized the king's servants, mistreated them, and killed them. As a, as a result, the king was very angry. He sent his army and killed those murderers and burned their town. And he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy, so go to the main crossroads and invite as many as you find to the wedding banquet. <coughs> those servants went out to the roads and gathered together everyone they found, both good and bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He said to him, friend, how did you get in here without wearing wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the servants, tie him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, we've probably all felt the excitement of getting an invitation to something really big. Some black tie formal gala event. Some wedding where the reception is going to be at a real fancy place. Or maybe even just, hey, I've got an extra ticket to this weekend's big game. Would you like to go with me? What an honor, right? You're flattered that someone would want to include you and should show such kindness by extending you that invitation. On the flip side, however, I think probably all of us have felt the sting of not being invited to something that we were certain we were going to be invited to attend. Well, this morning, the Lord Jesus extends the greatest invitation that ever was and ever will be, and you might wonder, am I going to make the cut? You absolutely have made the cut. You're on the guest list, and so am I. In fact, this God who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth extends his gracious invitation to every single sinner the whole world over. Friends, God wants us there. And with unbridled joy and with unfathomable generosity, today 
the Lord comes to us saying to us, come to the feast. The Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, was standing in the temple courts teaching. It was just days, just a few days before he would be nailed to the cross. And yet we find that Jesus was being met with angry rejection by the chief priests and the experts in the law. The very ones who should have most readily recognized him as the Christ rejected him. After all, they were the ones who spent their time poring over the Old Testament scriptures. They were the ones who were the leaders of the people. They were the ones who were the teachers of Israel. Well, in order to warn them of the eternal risk involved in rejecting him, Jesus told them yet another parable. It was a story about a king who was getting ready to throw a, a wedding feast for his son. Now, look, it's one thing to get invited to a relative's wedding and the reception at a really fancy venue. But when it's the king, you know, a royal wedding, that is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience that you don't want to miss out on. Come to the feast. Well, needless to say, this wasn't going to be a potluck dinner. Every preparation had been made. The king was ready to provide the finest of food and drink from the appetizers to the dessert. In fact, the king says, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. So what is Jesus teaching here? What is this wedding banquet the Lord Jesus is referring to the rich feast of blessings that God has prepared for us in Christ Jesus. Blessings that we enjoy in part now on earth and blessings that we'll enjoy to their fullest extent forever in heaven. This wedding banquet is the free and unconditional forgiveness that God lavishes on us in Christ Jesus. This wedding feast includes the, the joy that we have in knowing what life is all about and the privilege we have to live our lives to God's unending glory. But ultimately, this is the indescribable joy that we're going to have with him someday when we live in his presence, feasting with him forever in heaven. Notice that the king is careful to tell us that everything is ready. The feast is all prepared. Dear Christians, let's be really clear this morning. Nowhere in his word, nowhere does God ask you to meet him halfway when it comes to your salvation. Never does God say, well, you know, I've done my part, now you're going to have to do your part if you want in. The right to sit at his table and partake in his heavenly feast is not a, ma a matter of us earning our way there by offering him our banquet of good works. This is not a bring-your-own kind of a potluck where you bring your hot dish of an outwardly impressive life and if it's good enough, God says, okay, you can come in. No. Don't spoil God's generosity. Don't spoil God's grace. In Christ, everything is ready. His banquet is prepared. That, that long-awaited Messiah, that Christ has come and he lived for you and he died for you and he rose for you. He conquered death so that you have no fear over the grave. Trust in Christ. Everything is ready. Come to the feast. 
Well, the king sent out his messengers to personally invite (laughs) everyone on the guest list. But the response, to say the least, was disappointing. Those who were invited paid no attention and went off, one to his own farm, another to his business. And then the disappointing became the shocking. We're told that those invited seized the king's servants, mistreated them, and killed them. What? Who in all the world would do that? Who would RSVP to a wedding invitation by abusing and then murdering the very messengers who came to bring you that gracious invitation? Well, again, remember that Jesus is speaking to the Jewish religious leaders of his day. God's gracious invitation had gone out to them. God's servants, his prophets, were these messengers, and they preached, and they promised, and they prophesied, and they invited for long centuries throughout the Old Testament. Jesus is coming. Come to the feast. And yet, how did many of those in Jesus' day respond to that grace of God? Well, just like today, many heard the invitation, but they just weren't interested. They found more to life in their own earthly affairs, their livelihoods, making a few extra denarii, and they paid no attention. I'm not going, they thought. Not interested. I've got better things to do. So they went off, one to his own farm, another to his business. And others? Others heard the invitation through people like the Old Testament prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And then the New Testament came, and and they heard about the coming Christ through the mouth of John the Baptist. And then Jesus appeared on the scene himself. And yet they seized the servants, and they mistreated them, and in some cases put them to death. For what? For pointing them to God's solution to their sin. For pointing them to God's love. They rejected God's son and even put him to death on a cross. And in so doing, they set themselves up for judgment from the very God whose grace they chose to ignore and reject. But how about this king? He is filled with this overwhelming and persistent generosity. And so eventually he says to his servants, go to the main crossroads and invite as many as you find to the wedding banquet. In other words, when God's Old Testament chosen people, when the Jews, by and large, rejected the Christ, the Messiah, the Lord, in his grace and mercy, decided to bring the gospel invitation to the whole world. The Lord called still others and invited the whole world to come and feast on the banquet of blessings he had prepared for us in his son Jesus. And ultimately, God's gracious invitation found its way to you and to me. Come to the feast. Put your trust in Christ alone and live. Listen, Jesus is bringing us a loving warning this morning. He is urging us not to make the fatal mistake of taking a pass on his grace or ignoring his gracious invitation. I'd never do that. Well, the fact is that we all at times have behaved like those who ignored his invitation. 
Times when the Lord Jesus has invited us to come, to gather together, to encourage one another, to sit at his feet, to listen to his word, to feast on his supper, but somehow we found so many other things that we deemed so much more important, and yet they were completely inconsequential compared to the importance of spending time with Jesus. How about the times in your life when the Lord has invited you to do the right thing in some given situation? Not only has he made his will clear to you, he's given you the right motivation out of love for Christ to serve him by doing the right thing, but we've declined the invitation, and instead we've chosen to follow down some path of sin. See, we need this loving warning today not to play fast and loose with the grace of God. Come to the feast, he says. Look, you you might get an invitation in the mail that you couldn't care less about, a cookout at your bank, a tent sale at the local car dealership. Take it or leave it, no big deal. You can do that with some invitations. But not this invitation. Friend, the Lord Jesus comes to you this morning urging you not to ignore God's grace. To ignore it is to ignore Christ himself. To ignore Christ is to forfeit your only hope for living forever in heaven. So come to the feast and take in God's refreshment that he offers you here in the gospel, this this food for your soul. Find in Christ the peace of knowing that your sins are all forgiven. Take in the guidance that your Lord offers you here in his word. Take in these great blessings that God has prepared for you in Christ Jesus and come to the feast. But there is one other warning for us here. It's a loving warning not to come to the feast dressed with your own life. One of the men at the wedding feast was there. He hadn't spurned the invitation. He was there. But he wasn't properly dressed. He chose for some reason not to wear appropriate clothes. Now make sure that you understand the Savior's point this morning. I would agree that if you decided to show up to a loved one's wedding wearing the same clothes that you wore earlier that day to mow the lawn or change the oil and they're dirty and soiled and smelly, that would be rude and disrespectful. But this isn't just about a fashion faux pas. This is going far deeper than that. You know, I've read that in ancient times, when there was a royal wedding, that the king would provide wedding clothes for the guests to wear, and they were expected to wear those clothes. Well, not this guy. He refuses to wear the wedding clothes. He figures that he's just fine the way he is. He figures, look, I'll I'll wear whatever I want to wear. Thank you very much. This man in the parable represents everyone who tries to enter into God's heavenly kingdom on his or her own terms, rejecting the king's gracious gift. This man would represent those who would say, look, I'm fine just the way I am. I'm a good, decent, moral person. I don't need anything else. I'll get in. Well, no, we're not. Look, if if I'm hoping to wear the tattered rags of my own sinful life, my failures, my flawed living, I will never get into heaven. Isn't that what the Lord warned us through the prophet Isaiah? He said, even all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. There's no way that I can come to the feast dressed in my own filth, my own sin. 
the Lord Jesus is pointing out for us here that he has given us something to wear to get into heaven. He invites us to come to the feast. This is a loving warning from the Lord our God, not to come dressed in our own life. Galatians 3.27 shows us the clothes that we have to wear. It says, for all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. In Revelation chapter 7, the Apostle John is, is looking at those there in heaven, and, and he says, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation, who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The Lord Jesus has washed you clean with his holy, precious blood. Jesus took away the filthy rags that we were wearing, and in exchange, he gave us his perfect life. He covered us with the robe of holiness that we need. When God looks at you, he sees the perfect life of Jesus, covered with the righteousness of his son, his robes for yours. And for Jesus' sake, the Father says to us, come to the feast. You see, at the end of the day, there really are only two kinds of people. There are those who think that they can stand before God dressed in their own goodness, but are sinners. And then there are those who know that they are sinners, but stand before God covered with the righteousness of Christ Jesus himself. One more thought this morning. Have you ever said to yourself, well, I think God is like, and then you went on to describe your own version of God? For instance, we might be tempted to say today, well, I know that this is actually something that God says is wrong in his word, the Bible. He tells me here that I shouldn't do that, but I just think that God would want me to be happy, and besides which, this has become completely accepted in our day and age, so it's okay. It seems tempting and even trendy today for some to invent their own truth about God. But we can't invent God. God must tell us the truth about himself, and Jesus shares some of those truths about God in our parable this morning. So what is God like? Jesus says that God is like a king who throws an elaborate wedding feast Jesus is teaching us that this God of all grace wants all people to be saved. He's a generous king who invites everyone to come to this eternal feast. But when the feast finally started, a man was not wearing wedding clothes, and he was there. He was asked about his attire, but he stood there speechless. And eventually, the king threw him out into the outer darkness. What is Jesus teaching you that God is like He's teaching you that God is a king who clothes you with Christ so that you are dressed appropriately for eternity because there's only one way, only one truth, and only one life, and his name is Jesus. And only those clothed with Christ by faith will enter in. So the truth is that God is more loving and compassionate and generous than we could ever even imagine. If you ever begin to doubt that, just look at the cross. <coughs> Open up your Bible. Read the promises he's made to you and believe them. Take comfort in them and live them. Many are called, but you, 
dear Christian, have been chosen. The Bible says that God chose you to be his own from before the creation of the world. He did that just because he loves you. Cherish grace like that. Believe God's promises. Come to the feast and let's celebrate forever in heaven's banquet hall. Amen.